again, and welcome to the Mana Pool. This is... You really think I would look this up before we start, oh, so hang man. on. This should be 289, I think. That whole numbering thing from the last few episodes is I never recovered from. <laughs> Bad at this game. The last episode to go up is 288. All yeah. that old news and then some. Yeah. That was a good episode. I enjoyed that. That was new news at the time, by the way. <laughs> yeah. And of Can course, we take a days I'll, before we got the rest of the news in real life. Yeah. Well, that's the funny thing is I want to take just one quick sec, literally, and say when we were on that on that episode, we were digesting the information about Theros, and I really could have sworn from the information that they were providing to us that the special hero cards that you get at the pre-release, you would play at the pre-release. I thought that too. I thought that. Mm-hmm. I think everybody thought that. And then the very next day, they had that long explanation article, and they're like, oh, by the way, you'll get these at the pre-release, and you'll get another one at the release tournament, and then you can use them at game day. And I'm like... Lame. Yeah. I, lame. I, I think it's... I'm going to talk a little bit later in this episode about complaining in general and how much sometimes I don't like the Magic community, so I'm going to actually be... This I'm going to... So I'm going to try and I'm going to say that was not what I was expecting. And from the coverage thus far, I did not I didn't think that was the case. So but this is what we call a uh, what what do newspapers do when they get something wrong? Um, a retraction. A retract. This is a retraction. A Brian page, retraction. A retraction on page like 25 or something. Yeah. Uh, yeah. It's supposed to be capitalized. So <laughs> but yeah. So I'm sorry about any confusion about that. And I'm sure everybody listening was like, what? Huh? We never actually. What? We haven't recorded like this since they put up that How Heroes Path Works. By the way, we're sponsored as always by CardShark.com, a better way to buy and sell collectible card games. I'm Chewy. That's Brian. Say hi. Yep. Hi. That's Mike. I mean, yes. Hey. And that's Dirk over there. Yo. <laughs> My okay, job now we let's get back to it. My job is to interrupt Mike. Um, no, that's pretty. Literally, I didn't want to take very long about it. I just wanted to point that out. So. I, I never actually read that article. Once I saw that that wasn't something that was going to happen at the pre-release, I lost all interest in it. Not that I had much to begin with. What they're trying to do is they're trying to get people invested in going to all these events, going to the pre-release, going to the release, and then actually going to game day, which I've I've never been to a game day. Uh, really? Uh, yeah, I think so. I think just now that I'm married and now that I have a kid – Three weeks, even though, granted, they're not all in a row, that's kind of a lot to ask. And I, I've did it before, because usually by the things. Um, Whatever he just said. Yep. So I think they're, they're trying to get people involved in going to these various events. To yeah. push and the achievements on planeswalkerpoints.com aren't quite doing it. Yeah. <laughs> so Imagine that. But you can get achievements for uh, going to these events. So, either way. So, what else is actually new? Well, so they've done the Community Cup for what many of the years that we've done this show, right? Yeah. yeah wasn't um, wasn't the first instance of modern at a Community Cup? I think it might have been. I don't remember that sort of thing. I remember that the Community Cup used to just be the Community Cup, and it would feature... People from the magic community. And the reason I point this out is because, like, Evan Irwin, I think, was one of the people invited to either the first or the second community cup. 
And I was of, thinking, hey, maybe it'd be cool if Chewie got invited one of these times. And then they ch- switched it to the Magic Online Community Cup. Yeah. And I'm like, oh, lame. And I, so, and I have Magic I Online, but I, I don't ever do anything with it, so that sort of precludes me. Yeah, and I wanted to see Chewie invited, so... Hey, if you want to see Chewy go to the next community cup, send us an email. Uh, and also get over it. Yeah, probably. <laughs> Yay! Bah. But who is going? So a bunch of people that uh, we don't really care about, to be honest. You know, Melissa Zatora is a sweetheart and all, and Reed Duke is a hell of a nice guy, but I really don't care. But there was one name on this list that jumped out at me, and it's Tom Delia. And for people who have listened to us for a long time, Tom is formerly Tom from MTG Radio, which was one of my favorite podcasts back when I could listen to podcasts. And uh, it was Trevor and Tom, and we've had I I know we've had Tom on this show at least a couple times, mm-hmm. and I'm pretty sure we might have had Trevor on once. I think they were both on one episode. Yeah, together at the same time. Oh baby, <laughs> yes. <laughs> But I saw that he was in the, com- the the community cup, and it just made me happy. He's been doing a lot of uh, uh, streaming on Twitch, mm-hmm. and apparently some campaigning because you can't just happen to make it onto the community cup. Pretty sure you can't. So uh, that is freaking awesome, and that means now we have an excuse to have to bring him back at some point. Chewie, you'll be the first one who just randomly makes it onto the community cup. Yeah, <laughs> they'll send me an email. By the way, I'll be like, huh? <laughs> What is Magic Online? I think I downloaded the beta for the last version. <laughs> I don't think I ever booted it up, though. <laughs> but, yeah, so that's awesome for Tom. And, like I said, that gives us an excuse to have to bring him back at some point, And that makes me happy. Yep. What are the prizes this time? Usually, like, um, if if the Community Cup wins, then everybody on Magic Online gets something nifty. And if they lose, everybody gets, like, a Sorrow's Path. I have no idea. Like that, yeah. I don't see it on here. So it's possible that they've announced it somewhere else. But yeah, I don't yeah. know if the prize has been announced yet for this year's. Is that a new picture of Chandra at the bottom? That looks um, different. Bum, 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 bum. They've been using it on the website for a while. Yeah, I've seen well, it. They before, have, but aware. That, for some reason that looked different than the one they usually had at the bottom. Anyway, that's that's a... Well, yeah, they have multiples, different ones. There you go. But there's others where she's over on the left side instead. <laughs> Bitch, quit moving around. And <laughs> still, we don't know where you are. Anyway, so yay, Tom. The link to all of that is in the show notes. Uh, Bruce Richard, you know, the guy who writes Casual Fun, mm-hmm. or ser- Serious Fun, rather, excuse me, uh, the casual article on the Daily MTG and formerly of the Muse Vessel and all-around good guy. Uh, he sent me a tweet earlier today. He's like, did you notice this looks kind of like your three questions? And I pulled it up and started flipping through it. And I was like, wait a minute. these Some of these are my questions. Dang it, man. So I don't know who Sean Gibbons is, but he will rue the day. Rue it, I say. <laughs> rue this man. Rue the... <laughs> but Chewie says, rue. <laughs> oh, man. <laughs> the Brian says <laughs> Yep. For old McDonald we've got Sam saying um the Chewy says yo Yo Daddy says blah 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 ah. and, 
And she and we'll ask her, what does Mike say? And she says, you're a funny guy. Go away. <laughs> oh, my God. We must get this recorded at some point before we die. <laughs> uh, anyway, so that's one thing to announce. That's what they announced today. Yay, on top of things. I know, right? So that's what they announced for you people listening like a week and a half ago. <laughs> <laughs> You'd be like, oh, yeah, I forgot about that. Thanks. Not that guy. Uh, but yesterday, uh, everybody's favorite Gavin Verhey, Gavin Verhey, uh, gave us the full list of what's in From the Vault 20, or as Clues called it last night, From the Vault Too Expensive. Oh. Should we take these one at a time? I'm actually kind of surprised at the buy it now prices that I've been seeing on eBay. What is too the buy- low or too high? Uh, they were a little lower than I was expecting. Really? Mm-hmm. Weird. Oh, well, so what they did, the, so the, the thing here is, every, so magic is 20 years old now, right? So, right. that means there's been 20 years of magic. Clip. As of August 5th, I think, so earlier this week. Oh yeah, when the rent was due. <laughs> <laughs> so as of August 5th, magic's 20 years old, or whenever it was, and so now, that means there's been 20 years of magic, and from the Vault 20, it's going to pluck a tournament winning card, or a card that was in a tournament winning deck. From each year of magic. From each year, from each block, also. Oh, okay. I was yep. wondering about... Except he he, he, uh, he kind of fudged it um, with the first two picks, but that's okay. Cause there yeah. Weren't, there weren't really blocks back then anyway, so... Yeah. yeah. Right, so let's run through these, give any commentary we might feel necessary. The first sure. one is uh, Dark Ritual. Awesome. Which, yeah, that's pretty cool. I mean... Yeah. Uh, <clears throat> I'm, I'm going to go ahead and mention that earlier I kind of alluded to people complaining. Magic players in general are are good guys and girls. And you, so. I, I have I have been to n- so many tournaments over the years where nine out of the ten people I play are good, great human beings. I enjoy the experience. And the other I think, one's chewy. And the other one's chewy. And I'm like, oh, that, that, that was but, my bad. Sorry. But the magic community, if you put every, everybody on the internet. The people with the loudest voices are usually the ones that get heard, and that I get so tired sometimes of all the negativity. I feel like, I don't know, eventually it just kind of gets to me, and I almost start defending things even when they don't need to be defended because I want to, like, lash out at the negativity. Damn it, one with nothing is a great card. You shut your face. (laughs) Almost. almost, I'm going to start, you know, ranting and raving. But so this list went up, and I saw in several messages, oh, this is terrible, awful. Like, some people were saying, oh, these cards are are terrible because, like, several of them, like the Dark Ritual, can go into all sorts of decks. They should have been more specific. What? yeah, I no trust me. Somebody else, somebody else saying these. Some of these cards are way too specific. Why is this here? I want all generic cards. It should all be like dark ritual and and healing solve and that sort of stuff. I'm like, okay. Somebody else saying they should all be legends, even though they've done from the vault legends and what? Uh, some and and there's one post in actually the forums for this article that literally took everyone and was like this is dumb because this is because why this is he's like this is what i read this article as and basically he's just he lists every single one he's like dumb 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 this one's okay dumb 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 this is terrible and for contradictory reasons too so you know what don't buy it you probably can't buy it anyway 
because it's a collector's item. But every single one of these cards is iconic in some way. So I just want to say pissed off because he can't buy it. Maybe I'm sure that's, I'm sure that's part of it. That's, there's I'm, there's there's going to be that underlying rage underneath it all. Like, well, this is terrible. Good thing I can't buy it anyway. So. <laughs> But I just wanted to get that out of the way, and I just wanted to be able to enjoy this. And am I going to want every single one of these cards? No. But well, let's start with Dark Ritual. You know, it is so iconic. Is it going to be like the game, the card that wins the game for you? Maybe, maybe not. But it's Dark Ritual. It is intrinsic to the game. You know, I, that first turn Hypnotic Specter has gone the distance for many people. Yeah. <laughs> First turn Hypnotic Spectre. First turn him to Turok. <clears throat> first turn Phyrexian <laughs> um, Negator. Uh, yeah. First turn Necro, if you feel like it. Heck, I mean, you know, first turn. Uh, when I was getting into the game, I looked at Dark Ritual and I'm like, oh my god, this is the best card ever. And I tried to play it in every black deck I could. Um, <laughs> which is a good start. Which is a good start. I'm, I'm not hey, saying. What, is, I, what does Dark Ritual do, by the way? For a single black, as an instant, add three black mana to your mana pool. It's no longer an interrupt or, or a source. mana source, <laughs> although it does add mana to your mana pool. So, yeah, on turn one, you can go, hey, look, I've got three mana. Soul ring, go. Aww. <laughs> uh, no, I mean, it's, 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 it's um, for one black, it's a black lotus for black. You pay the mana up front for it, so. I mean, it's, it's you, you don't even have to to stretch the analogy like that. You just say it's 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 a mana ritual. It's so iconic that even in the intervening time since the last time it was printed, um, other cards that do this, black and red, use the word ritual. That's yeah, what you're doing. If this card was initially named Dark Ceremony, we would refer to these as ceremony cards. Exactly. Oh, yeah, totally. So. I mean. And that's like storm spell, storm decks now. They 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 refer to the you play a bunch of rituals and then you storm out. Like that's just what it's called. Mm-hmm. Yeah. He's not so. talking about like desperate rituals named desperate ritual because of dark. Ri- no, they're all colloquially known as rituals. Like seething song. <laughs> oh, it's yeah. that ritual for three, right? To get you five. Yeah. 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 <laughs> so definitely glad to see that here. Also, keep in mind. Who this was aimed for? It's aimed at collectors, but it's also aimed at people that play cube and commander specifically. Mm-hmm. And all of these cards are going to be appropriate for at least cube, if not cube and commander. So the next one is a good old STP, and I think it would have been very hard for them to actually justify even having this set without having swords to plowshares because. Dang, it's Swords to Plowshares, y'all. Yeah, it's the it's the one that every other um, cheap white exile spell is is patterned after and and balanced off of. And it's better than most of them. Yeah, it it, it is. That's why the others have to be balanced. <laughs> is this the best removal spell in the game? It's it's right up there. It's it's up there. It's way up there. In the early days, Black Knight was special because he couldn't be hit by terror or sword to plowshare. So he's like, ah, oh, ha, ha, ha. But nowadays, Black Knight doesn't show up. Oh my god, it's gonna... What is it? 
Okay, so now that we've been exiled and somebody gained life equal to our power. Uh, by the way, Swords of Plowshares for a single white, just for those of you who are not old school. A single white instant exile target creature, its controller gains life equal to its power. Oh, but they're, they gain life. Shut up. <laughs> that was always the response. But they get, what if it's a big creature? They gain a butt. Shut up. Well, no, it's, 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 it's not even, it's not even shut up. I wouldn't go that far. Understanding why Source to Plowshares is as good as it is, is a very important learning experience in the career, in the early career of a player. I mean, that's what I always got when I would ask when I was a kid. Mm-hmm. Shut up. But, but they, like, if I kill your five power guy, shut up. But, I don't understand. <laughs> yeah, they weren't being very helpful. Well, that's back before the magic community was decent people. <laughs> so, yesterday? Oh, oh, I almost oh, made that oh. joke. Sick burn. <laughs> So, Somebody call Dr. Crusher. So it's Swords to Plowshares, and yeah, again, this belongs right here. But yeah, what, what were you saying, Mike? This is a very important learning skill. It's it's a very important learning experience in the in the early career of a player, understanding why Swords to Plowshares is as good as it is, in spite of making someone else gain life. It's true. It's that whole uh, right now versus long game mm-hmm. uh, perspective that you need. Yeah. Yeah, so that's good. And how come this, uh, the deck that he gives you here, isn't this, oh no, never mind, this isn't the deck, this is something else. Yeah, it's something else. The deck. It just looks like the deck except more creatures. Yeah, exactly. Okay, never mind. Nothing, shutting up. Okay. Next. Go ahead. There's something didn't mention for Dark Ritual, uh, about the art. The art on Dark Ritual is the fifth edition art, which is really cool. And the art on Source of Plowshares is the one that was introduced in the Elspeth versus Tezzeret printing. Yeah. Mm-hmm. This art for Dark Ritual was also in, I think, Plane Chase? Oh, I think or Commander. Clues uh, said with new art, and I'm like, that is not new art, uh, last night on Monday Night Magic. So I had to go look it up and poke around in it. Mm-hmm. And it tripped me out that 5th edition actually had really good art for something. Yes. <laughs> well, it's not like it was 7th edition. Like that. No, it's, it's not like 7th edition. The thing is, 5th edition was so incredibly huge, there are probably still cards from 5th edition and art from 5th edition that you've never seen. I mean, it wouldn't surprise me. Yeah. They're still out there somewhere. <laughs> so speaking of new art, Mike, this hey, one's all Dirk, you. Hey, well, Wait, Dirk, do you have anything to add? You know, you just haven't said anything in a while. I'm busy fighting a baby who's ready to cry and everything else, so... Oh, okay, well, don't let the baby get the upper hand. They are. <laughs> I'm trying not to. That's why I'm very quiet. Okay, all right. So, yeah, Mike, take it away. <laughs> all right. The next one, um, from 1995 is Hymn to Torok. Um, it's one of my favorite, it's one of my favorite cards, even though it's only in one of my decks and I feel kind of dirty every time I play it. Because, but it's, it's just so good. For, so you're supposed to feel dirty when you play it. Yeah. For just two black mana, it's a sorcery. Target player discards two cards at random. And mm. I remember, um, this came up in our conversation last time, and I don't know whether it was because we knew about this or because we were thinking about some things. This was one of the cards that was known at the time. Okay, so yeah, so so we so we had a good discussion on him to Torak and its um virtues and vices <laughs> last if, time. If you think it's bad getting hit by a hypnotic specter, try getting hit basically like it had double strike twice. Not well, double strike once. You <laughs> twice the effect. Yes, in, in one spell. Oh, at ran, at random is you know, so punishing. Double strike are redundant. 
whatever. Uh, yeah, I mean, let's say at, you keep a three land hand, and you're, you've got all the gas you need, and your opponent goes Dark Ritual him, and now you drop two of your lands to the randomness. You are almost boned right there, just from that spell. Yeah, even even one of those lands accidentally going away is super bad news. Yeah, but worst case scenario, you got your three land hand, you drop two of them. Now you've got a one land hand and you mulligan twice, and now you hate your opponent. Yeah, you wish like, harm upon his parents. You know. <laughs> I mean, that's why that's why cheap black discard spells tend to say non land card. Yeah, because that's a really that's a really serious thing to happen to a player in the early or, game. Or or they just don't include the word random. Or, yeah, or they don't say random. Well, if I mean, if it's not something that lets your opponent, that lets the person discarding choose. Yeah. It'll say non land. Yeah. Yeah. So. Or be um, what is it? Encroach. That sounds painful. Yeah, let's not talk about encroach. Okay. Yeah. But so that that's him with awesome new art. I guess this is new. I've never seen it. They say it's from uh, the online cube set. Yeah. Which is essentially new. Okay. Basically. Right. Cool. All right. Well, moving on. Oh, it's got that rat control deck. That's awesome. Yeah. I remember next- reading about this in Inquest and going, "Good lord, that's brutal." Note that it's got Dark Ritual and him to Turok and Swords of Pleasures. <laughs> Ta-da. Ta-da. Maybe those are good cards. <laughs> yeah. The next card kind of surprised me. because I was like, hey, when I saw this one. Because I was like, okay, it's a Llanowar Elf, but, but it's not Llanowar Elf. So I don't know. For this one, I'm not going to say I disagree, but I'm... I'm a little more surprised at as far as why they went with the less obvious choice instead of the more symbolic choice. And I think the answer is probably so you can play with another one. Well, also it was in Ollie Raid's deck. Okay, well. Yeah, it says because uh, the Llanowar Elves didn't really fit the rules of the box, you know, with the one from each block. And Fendhorn okay. Elves are originally an Ice Age. Mm-hmm. And they're the same card. Yeah. And like Mike said, it, they get to showcase Hellerade's deck here, which I remember reading about this in Inquest and going, huh. <laughs> like, the big deal was the three toughness. Yeah. Like, that was a huge deal, was three toughness, because Pyroclasm essentially ruled the world. Yeah. And he had the giant trapdoor. He had a full set of giant trapdoor spiders. And people go, what's a giant trapdoor spider? It doesn't matter. It's bad. But the fact is, it survived Pyroclasm, so he won. It's not totally bad. It costs three for two, three, and it can exile stuff. Well, true. But it's still not great. But it survives Hieroclasm. So that was the big deal back then. But what, what does this card do? Uh, Fintorn, Fine, Fintorn? Fintorn? I think it's Fintorn. Fintorn L for a green mana. Uh, costs a green, um, it's an elf druid. It's a 1-1, one, one, and you can tap it to add green to your mana pool. Yeah. It's a land or elf, like we said. So. And I gotta admit, even, even like I said, even though I would have perhaps more expected the actual Llanowar to be in the set, and I, I understand why they chose not to do that. This is pretty much the same thing, and I definitely see wanting to have one or the other in the set, because just like Dark Ritual is to black, Llanowar Elves is to green. Mm-hmm. It represents so much about that color and that color's history. And even though they've stopped doing Dark Ritual because it's actually a little too good. Llanowar Elves, as we've seen with Elvish Mystic, still around. 
It, it is a good example of what green still does. It did it, it does it, it continues, and it will forevermore amen. Yeah. Yeah. Look, there's What's elves. Next? Yay, elves. Yay, elves. And this so is brand next? new art. Yeah. Oh, this is brand new, brand new? Yeah, oh, completely yeah. brand new. Because yeah, it's only been printed once in Ice Age, right? Yeah, like, once ever. <laughs> yeah. So that's pretty cool. So next is Mother of Runes. <laughs> so hey Mike, you should probably read this one. Alright, um I really like this card too. Impulse has brand new Mother of Runes art. <laughs> and for a blue and one, it's an instant. You look at the top four cards of your library, put one in your hand, and the rest on the bottom in any order. Yeah, that's good. Great card. Wonderful yeah. card. They haven't that's just like too good nowadays. It is. There's That's nothing why that it... looks at the top four of instant speed and the rest go on the bottom. Like I got, I got nothing. Yeah, there's always some kind of other nonsense you got to go through. Like it's sorcery, or you can only pick an instant, and you got to show it to everyone, or blah, 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 or you only get to look at three, or blah blah blah. Yeah, weird. Or like telling time, you have to put one in each place, hand, top, and bottom. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And still so you only that... get to look at three. Yeah. And that's the same casting cost and speed. So what does that tell you? Yeah. Here's here's a fun bit of trivia. Um, the original Visions printing of um, Impulse had an extra line in the text box that said, shuffle your library afterward. But it didn't take them long to errata that out since it didn't make any sense. <laughs> Put it on the bottom, <laughs> then shuffle your library. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> wow. What? Yeah, they took that out. I did not know that. Now I feel smarter, (laughs) as Mike told me. I didn't know that either. Yeah, so all this time, if anyone had actually stopped to read Impulse as I play it, they'd be asking, why aren't you shuffling? And I would have to explain. It does say that. Mm -hmm. I I have many copies of Impulse from Visions. I have never even paid any attention to it. (laughs) Because reshuffling would be dumb. Oh, well. So that's 97. Hey, Dirk. Mm-hmm. Want to read 98? Oh, you didn't talk about the deck that they feature for Impulse. Oh, because oh, it's need my to talk about every deck. Prosperous Bloom. I just want to mention it. Okay. Prosperous yeah. Bloom is awesome. What okay. is, what's, so, let's see here. What was the, what was the trick here? Um, you killed with Drain Life, and the point was to just keep, first, first you had Cadaver's Bloom. Then you, um, Dumped your hand except for the prosperity you were about to play and, um, pumped all your mana into a prosperity to refill your hand. And you just kept doing that and playing like prosperities and infernal contracts until you actually got the drain life and dumped enough cards from your hand from Cadaver's Bloom to play a drain life big enough to win. You also got mana completely unfairly by playing natural balance alongside squandered resources. Because with squandered resources, you could tap all your lands, sack them all for more mana, then play natural balance, and go get five lands out of your deck. And natural balance doesn't put them into play tapped. <laughs> and you just, so you have, now you have five brand new untapped lands. Wow. So tap them all and sack them again for even more mana with squandered resources. This and is, you just do whatever the hell you want. <laughs> this is kind of like the world's first storm deck before there was storm. Yeah, almost. Pretty freaking crazy. Yeah. <laughs> Too bad it was played by Mike Long. Oh, everyone's all down on Mike Long. 
Yeah, I know. I'm Probably because he sucks. But <laughs> I'm, I'm, did I miss a piece of news? What about him? About Blanc? I don't know. Wasn't, wasn't he like the stereotypical vil- magic villain back in the day or something? Yeah, he he was a big cheaty face back in the day. Oh, I before there was Berta Cheney face, there was Mike Long. <laughs> Screw you, Mike Long. Screw you, Mike Long. I mean, I don't know anything about him. He's probably a great guy, but that's that's the attitude I've heard, and unfortunately, yeah. the stigma attached to his name forever and ever. I mean, wait, yeah. I already did that bit. So Rosewater tries every every time he was up for the Hall of Fame. Rosewater would try to clear his name, and it never worked. It's kind of sad. It does, yeah. That, I mean, that's the way that the internet works. Is once people get an idea lodged into their head, it's there. Yeah. <laughs> hey, did you know that Sammy Sosa did drugs? And now you're gonna be thinking that, and you hear Sammy Sosa's name, you're gonna immediately associate with drugs forever and ever. Mike, stop doing heroin. Ah, uh, Jose Canseco. <laughs> <laughs> uh. So look, a green card. Hey, look, a green card. Yes. All right, number six, 1998, uh, is Wall of Blossoms. For one in the green, zero four wall, plant wall, that's new, and it has defender, and when it enters the battlefield, draw a card. Yeah. It's Wall of Omens before there was ever a Wall of Omens. This is the one, the original one. I think we have all, I know, I've played with Walls of Blossoms, uh, <clears throat> Mike has, are they still in your five-color deck? Yes, they're still a set of Wall of Blossoms in my five-color deck. And they're even better because I also have Avenger of Zendikar, who can add plus one, plus one counters to plants. Mm-hmm. Yes. This, I mean, this just does exactly what you want it to. For two mana, it cantrips, and it's just a little defender getting in the way, survive pyroclasm. Dude, four mana, four toughness for two mana. Not too bad. It's just... It's just good. It's just really good. Yep. That was before we got all crazy with blink effects, like they've done in recent years. Remember when blink effects were actually kind of rare? And stupid? Now they're amazing? What the hell? Yeah. (laughs) Flicker? That's the dumbest thing ever. Flicker was amazing, because it was the only thing that did that. (laughs) All right. Oh, well. Next. Next, we've got, what's next? We've got, oh, Thrawn Dynamo for four colors. It's an artifact tap. Add three to your mana pool because Sisse's ring is for chumps. <laughs> and apparently, many, many years later, so is Urgolum's eye. What? But Thrawn Dynamo. Thrawn Dynamo is ridiculous. Yeah, it's, it's slightly too good. It's, I mean, it's no, um, Grim Monolith, but it's kind of in that direction. It's up there. And it untaps, you know, without any shenanigans. The first one of these I ever owned, I got out of the, uh, was it Commander? Or Plane Chase? It was was in in a Plane Chase deck, I think. Yeah, it was in a Plane Chase deck. Okay. So yeah, that's, uh, that's the first one I ever owned, and I was like, this is so ridiculous, so I freaking, Arch Enemy is what it was in. Oh, right, right, right. And Mike's been playing with them for years. Yeah, because it was first on Urza's Destiny. And I went out and bought several because they were still cheap. I don't know how they were cheap, but I guess because they had just been reprinted, nobody really cared. To be honest with you, I don't think I had an Urza's Destiny one. Maybe Thomas had a couple. I think I've got one floating around here somewhere in my boxes and boxes of stuff. 
That's it's just so much mana. Once you get it out there, it's just so much mana. It's just all the mana. And yeah, I mean, and and it doesn't it enter doesn't, the battlefield tapped. So. Right, that's exactly what I was about to say. So, if you have something to pump that three mana into, it really only costs you one mana for the turn to give yourself a real big advantage next turn. It's pretty stupid. Yep. It's actually well, completely stupid. Well, speaking of stupid artifacts, number eight, <sighs> year two thousand, Tangle Wire. Shoot me now. At least it wasn't smokestack. Buff. <laughs> Shoot me <out> of <laughs> Although smokestack was in Urza's block, right? Yeah. All, all stupid artifacts, except for Tangle Wire, came from Urza's block. But Tangle Wire actually came from, um, it's not Prophecy block, it's Masks block. Masks block. And some people say that Mask's block was severely underpowered to make up for Ursus, and in some respects it was. But Tangle Wire is not underpowered. Do you like Stasis? Well, too bad. <laughs> Mike, why don't you explain what this card does? Tangle Wire costs three and it has fading of four. Fading is like vanishing except slightly different. Um, instead of sacrificing it when the last counter comes off, you sacrifice it if you're supposed to move, if you're supposed to remove a counter, but you can't. At the beginning of each player's upkeep, that player taps an untapped artifact, creature, or land he or she controls for each fade counter on Tangle Wire. So the thing with Tangle Wire is that it's, it is so completely asymmetrical. Because on your turn, you stack the triggered abilities such that the counter comes off before you have to start tapping things. And one of the things you choose for yourself is the Tangle Wire. So you're getting, you know, pretty, you know, much fewer permanents tapped down each turn than your opponent is, who is just completely under your thumb at this point. Because Tangle Wire, when it's untapped, when it, while it's tapped according to the old rules, was turned off, correct? Um, at the time, no. No? Was that 6th edition? Yeah, sixth edition took that out of the rules. Okay. Uh, never edition. mind. I mean, I, I still get the point. You know, it's one yeah. more thing for you to tab. Well, just, the thing is, when you when you play Tangle Wire, and you say go, your opponent has to tap four things. When you take your turn back, you really only have to tap two things because one of the three things you're tapping is Tangle Wire. Mm-hmm. I got you. Yeah. That's not fair. <clears throat> no. And then, and then they're gonna have to tap three things. And yep. you're only going to have to tap... Pretty much one, since one of yeah. the two things you're tapping is Tangle Wire. Yep. See, it's 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 such a pain to play against, is the point. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's it's damn near unfair. <laughs> I can't believe it costs three. Every time I think about, think about it in my head, it costs four, and that's still insane. But then I actually see a printed card, and I'm like, ugh. <laughs> Make you twitch just a little bit? No, just ugh. <laughs> <laughs> make you make your lunch come up a little bit. A little bit. So let's move on to something that's not an artifact. It's blue instead. Yay! Because blue is the best color. That's the same thing. It's the same thing. So it's Factor Fiction, which <laughs> is pretty ridiculously iconic. For three and a blue oh, yeah. at instant speed, you reveal the top five cards of your library. An opponent separates those cards into two piles. You put one pile in your hand and the other into your graveyard. So essentially, it says... Get the card you want most out of the top five cards, and maybe some more. Yeah, and probably something else, yes. Yeah. Probably at least one other thing. 
And even against the most skilled opponent, you're going to come out ahead. There's just no way around it, yeah. unless you're it's, dumb. <laughs> it's, yeah, for, for newer players, put it this way, it's activating Jay's Architect of Thoughts minus two, except even better. <laughs> except even better. <laughs> you okay? Yeah, I'll be all right. But Gavin says here, it was so strong it even spawned its own acronym. E-O-T-F-O-F-Y-L. Or, for the uninitiated end of turn, factor fiction, you lose. <laughs> and he's he's not wrong. You know, it's just how it works. I mean, this card is so good. And it was around a little after this card had been out for a year or so when I got started with Magic. And everybody was like, just factor fiction, factor fiction. Every deck, factor fiction. And... You know, it has translated so well into older formats and into EDH that it just, it just has never stopped seeing play. You probably, listening to this, know exactly what it does because you've probably played it or had to separate those cards into two piles at some point. Mm-hmm. And you just look at them like, son of a... <laughs> <laughs> and depending on what your opponent is doing, you might get the completely wrong idea about which pile they're going to pick up and which pile they're going to throw in the graveyard. Yeah. Like, I I play Fact Fiction in my Mimeoplasm deck, so I might set my opponent up with an extremely difficult decision to make. Uh, but, uh, yeah, it's pretty sweet. Okay. <laughs> Next. So now we're going to get up into when we all started paying attention. Yeah. The, <laughs> this stuff is going to be much more relevant for me. Yeah. And see, when we got to this next card, I actually did a fist pump. Because I have played against this card. It's very good. It's very hard to play against. And I have played this card. And some of the comments were like, what is this? I've never played this card before. And I think part of that is because you probably weren't playing at the time. Um, And it's one of the very last sets. um, um, Not Onslaught. uh, Odyssey block and Onslaught block. That are the very last ones to make it into Legacy but not Modern. So it's kind of that in-between phase. But let me promise you, this is a very good card because of just that built-in... Well, it's Chainer's Edict. And for one in a black, sorcery, target player sacrifices a creature. Oh, but that should be an instant because one in a black, target player sacrifices a creature is an instant. And you're right. But it has flashback of flashback of five and two black. And is that expensive? Sure. But it's also kind of backbreaking because it's another removal spell that doesn't target, that can kill hexproof, hexproof creatures built into one card. So all sorts of value, all sorts of knowing that they've got one in there is just kind of like, ugh. Imagine when they play Chainer's Edict turn two, Dark Banishing, because Dark Banishing was a thing then, on turn three, and then you're just hoping to make something stick before they're able to flash this back. Yeah. And keep in mind, that seven isn't expensive when you have Cabal Coffers, which was also from the same block. From the same set. Or from the same set. Buh. (laughs) (laughs) So yeah, you know, Cabal Coffers, tap my Cabal Coffers and something else, seven mana, just kill your other guy. It's not a big deal. And Mono Black Control was where this thing was most at home. The deck they threw up here was uh, a Psychotog deck because it's a Psychotog deck. Yeah, and you have to at least acknowledge Psychotog. Yeah. But, yeah, anyone thinking, well, it's not so bad, yeah, it was. <laughs> Just trust us on this. It, it was bad. <laughs> it's good stuff. Which is what I meant. 
Hey, yeah. Derek, you haven't read one in a while. All right. So, <clears throat> this is the the set that I guess Brian and I really like took off and were uh, heavy into, which was Onslaught Block. And this is where number 11 comes in, and that is uh, uh, going to be Acroma's Vengeance. Yes. Yeah. So it's got a hefty so uh, cost to, to play. However, it does a whole lot of things like, oh, I don't know, destroy everything but lands. And now planeswalkers. And now, yeah. I well, guess it doesn't it does kill. Now. It doesn't kill planeswalkers. That's what Chewie meant. Yes. Okay. Yeah, destroy everything oh, yeah. but lands and now planeswalkers. What does it do, Dirk? Uh, for four and two white, destroy all artifacts, creatures, and enchantments. And it also has cycling of three. So if you draw it in your opening hand, it's not dead for a million turns. What the hell? Could yeah. this card get better? Apparently not. <laughs> what if it costs you less? Shut up. <laughs> yeah, when I'm playing Commander and I get the Acroma's Vengeance in my opening hand, I am not shy about cycling it away if I don't have anything else to do on my third turn. For comparison, although Planner Cleansing... People think, oh, that's pretty expensive. Planner cleansing costs the same thing except one more specific mana, a specific white mana. And this is arguably better if you, like, want to set it up so that your planeswalkers survive. Yeah. Uh, plus, again, cycling. So this is a very good card. I mean, very, very good. And it's iconic. And it features a Chroma who herself has become such an iconic character in Magic's history that she's spawned, you know, the the red Chroma and the Chroma's memorial and and you, the the sort of vengeance, you know, this is a central character. Before there were the Neo Planeswalkers like Jace, um, and you couldn't have things like Teferi and Urza on cards. There was a Chroma. Mm-hmm. And Akroma can still beat up most planeswalkers in her sleep. And uh, Akroma, like, she's become synonymous with having a bunch of abilities on the thing. That's true. Yeah. Our lady of keywords, right? <laughs> but I'm trying to think of something that has lots of keywords that I've heard referred to as, oh, that's that's an ex-Akroma. There's some black card. <laughs> Spirit of the Night. <laughs> That's what it is, yeah. Spirit of the Night, people, I, myself included, have referred to it as, oh, it's a, just a black acroma. <laughs> Which is funny because it came out first, but, but what does yeah. that tell you? Exactly. <laughs> I, re- I think I've probably told this story, so I'm going to keep it very short, but I remember literally being in Chewie's dorm room, Chewie and Corey's dorm room, <laughs> and the the art for this was this card, acroma, not this card, but for acroma, was up on the Magic web page. There was no accompanying article. It was just all by itself. And I'm reading the abilities. I'm literally, like, counting the abilities. I'm, like, looking at the cost. I'm, like, wow, that's expensive. But look, uh, okay, this is, like, one ability for every mana. This is freaking crazy. <laughs> Don't you get a couple thrown in for free? Like... Um, Almost. Power and toughness have to come from somewhere, out of nowhere. So, so again, you know, obviously this card is not a chroma, but this is part of what makes it iconic. So. Yeah. And it's really good. This card is very, very good. I like the new art too. This was commissioned just for the set, right? Yep, totally brand new. Not even on the cube. <clears throat> Next. Oh, the art for Chainer's Edict was new also. Oh yeah, it was. And Tangle. Oh, is Tangle Warrior new? I don't actually know what... Oh, yeah, I do. Never mind. Yeah, you do. 
I can see it now, and I'm, it's got red around the edges because I hate it. <laughs> that's the that's the tint in your eyes. Exactly. So next, next card is Gilded Lotus. Oh man, another one again. So many of these actually feel personal because, like Dark said, this was around the time that we were really getting going, and um, this is from Mirrodin. It was not from Dark Seal. It was actually from the original Mirrodin. And for five colorless mana, tap. Add three mana of any one color to your mana pool. But Brian, I can pay one less and get Thrawn Dynamo. Well, this is colored mana. Enjoy this, not helping with your Acroma. This is Black Lotus that you can tap over and over again. It costs five, you know, versus zero because Black Lotus is dumb and stupid <laughs> and your mom. That's right, your mom is in fact Black Lotus. Don't tell her I said that though. Um, in certain situations, I'm not gonna say it's ever better than Black Lotus because I'm, I'm, I'm not gonna make that stance, but this is very, very good because <laughs> this one you can actually untap. Send us an email if you'd like to start that argument. <laughs> uh, this one you can actually untap and use more than once, including with silly things like Twiddle to actually mm-hmm. do some serious damage. With this gets played in commander, cube, uh, casual, as we've seen, um, competitive play is iconic. It has the word lotus in it. Um, which somebody in the forums was like, Oh, you just included this because it has lotus in the name. No. Damn right. Well, does it get the nod for that? I mean, that's part of it, but it's also gilded lotus. And now the art has it gilded in, you know, gold as opposed to not. So that's cool. Yeah. When you're talking about just being named Lotus, um, I think that's why, you know, way back in the day, my dad just picked up several of these from a dollar bin when he was looking through stuff because he saw it, was like, it said Lotus, and he was like, oh, this must be good because he knew about Black Lotus and all that stuff like that. And if- <laughs> he ended up building, he ended up building a deck which it only had 18 lands in it, but it also had four Gilded Lotus, four Lotus Petals, and four Dark Rituals, and it was just full of black flying creatures, and it was ridiculous. Holy but, cow. But it, that it, sounds it was awesome. It, it is, but it was enabled by the Gilded Lotus <laughs> that he knew must be good because it says Lotus. <laughs> and that's a fairly safe assumption if it's got Lotus or Time in the name. Oh, my God, Time Lotus. Oh, oh God. <laughs> Yes, the Mox Time Lotus. And no, really. Yeah, yeah, now you're just pushing not going, But But that's a good point. They're not going to use such an iconic name on a card that isn't good. Except for, was it Lotus Guardian? Uh. <laughs> Sorry. That was a cool sound. <laughs> but for the most part, yeah, um, Mike's right. So, yes, iconic, all sorts of good, good here, good art. See. Now, now the next card, I guarantee you tripped out some people, but yeah. I think so. So Jim, yeah, I didn't, the I didn't even know next card was a big deal at the time. Oh, here we go. Oh, this card was a big deal at the time. It just, you know, with affinity still going on, it wasn't as big a deal. Hmm. Um, but yeah, still crazy. When you look at what it actually does. Oh yeah, of course. So I've named several of them, so somebody else tell us what it is. This is uh, from 
2005, we have Ink Eyes, Servant of Oni. For two black and four, she's a 5-4 legendary rat ninja with ninjutsu of two black and three. Um, she also can regenerate for a black and one, but her big ability is whenever she deals combat damage to a player, you can steal a creature card from that player's graveyard. That's pretty big. Mm-hmm. And by the way, Chewie, it is a female. <laughs> <laughs> and Brian is allergic to it. But yeah, I mean, this girl, this girl gets played a hey lot. Hey, girl. Gets played now, Get play, got played back then. It wasn't in Affinity, so it didn't necessarily get noticed to the same extent. But this is really good. Plus, you keep in mind how iconic. I use that word a lot, but that's one of the things about yeah, this box this set. Is, yeah. Um, ninjutsu was. Ninjutsu was, in and of itself, one of the big pushes for betrayers of Kamigawa was, oh, look, ninjas. And not just ninjas, but... They all have this really nifty saboteur comes into play bounce sort of synergy thing going on. So yeah, yeah that's a whole lot of stuff in in one thing or in one set of creatures. So she is the ninja with the mostest. Uh, Higuru doesn't really count because she's arguably better. Sure. Yeah, but uh, I've played against Ink Eyes. Brian had a ninjutsu deck, and that Ink Eyes would definitely mess you up. Oh yeah. Kill your guy. Take five. Gimme. Yay. Now bounce her back to my hand. Yay. <laughs> your turn, Dirk. <laughs> Dirk's like, char you. Ah. Yeah, I wish. So, uh, something we mentioned on Monday Night Magic is, why ink eyes? Looking, even just looking at the one deck that they posted to, to show it, like, there's Maloku, the Clouded Mirror, and Kakusho, the Evening Star. Both of which were just in Modern Masters. Kakusho was also in front of all dragons. Okay, I forgot about Maloku being in Modern Masters, but I figured that Kakusho wasn't there because of From the Vault. Because I'm sure that's why some of this other stuff has not bothered to, or wasn't printed. Yeah, and like um, Gifts Ungiven. Gifts Ungiven was the previous From the Vault. Yeah, but I completely forgot about Maloku being in Modern Masters. That is a good point. It just, this seemed so, I don't know, well, out there. Like, there was, like, secure a tri-builder, mm-hmm. for God's sake, you know. <laughs> well, wait, I was I was just saying I didn't know this was a big thing, and you guys were like, oh, yeah, of course it was. And you're like, I have no idea what this card is. I still haven't backed off on it. Oh, okay. No, but again, the fact that it is a big, scary ninja, the fact that it did see some competitive play, and the fact that they just used those... In both of them in Modern Masters, I think. You could definitely make a case for those, for Sakura Tri-Builder, for Umazawa's Jite. You could, I mean, you, the thing is, you could make a case for almost any card, well, not almost any card, but several other big iconic cards in any of these sets. Uh, for um, Onslaught Block, why not Akroma herself? She was rare, not mythic. Uh, why not... Um, Phage, because Phage had that, you know, special one-of-a-kind ability that only assassins now have. Uh, well, soldier assassins that have one-one. Anyway, you know, so you could make that argument. I think, um, Ink Eyes was a fair choice. Well, I think that also Ninjutsu was one of the abilities from Kamigawa Block that actually was kind of good. Because, because Boshido so and some of the others, they sounded good on paper. They weren't all that great. 
Yeah, ninjutsu was actually, actually a really fun, a, a really neat ability. Yeah, and it got played more often. Like you would see Ninja of the Deep Powers just everywhere. Just everywhere, yeah. Because it's great. Oh yeah, I mean, Aphidian, basically. 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 Except you got to deal with damage, so that that helps. Yeah. Aphidian <laughs> itself is not that good anymore. I hate to say it, but yeah, at really this nice. point, hasn't actually been good for a long time, which yeah. is kind of sad. At the time, it was good because creatures just sucked. But. Yeah. Who cares if you deal damage, you got to draw a card, which still applies, but now you can do both, so why not? Yeah. <laughs> so this next card is one that, that I'm sure people were complaining about, too. Oh, but it's so good. Oh, Chewy, totally this, this this card is near and dear to your heart, I know. It is. I used to love me some Char. Oh, yeah. So Char is Sonic Blast in the color it's supposed to be. For two and a red, instant speed, it deals four damage to target creature or player, and two damage to you. Because, you know, fire is hot. (laughs) (laughs) So what's Sonic Blast? Uh, Sonic Blast is the same thing, but in the wrong color. And very old. In blue. Which, if you're, if you're like, huh? That's exactly the right response. Yeah. Cause. Huh? (laughs) Cause, huh. And I think they thought, oh, blue doesn't get this ability, so. It'll just deal damage to you. It's two. It's okay, but it still didn't work. I mean, from a flavor standpoint at all. Is char good? Yes. Yes. Very. It's four damage to a creature or player for three mana at instant speed. Yeah, that's good. Which instant doesn't happen. Yeah. No. But uh, the video that they put here, uh, known as you know the the world's greatest top deck to get Craig Jones here uh, against uh, who was he playing? Crap. Olivia Ruel. Uh, yeah, Olivia Ruel was, dude, this, this was amazing because he was, he was dead and he chose to char his opponent at his, at the end of his turn because his only out was to hit him in the face and then hope to draw another burn spell. And he hit him in the face with the char, taking the two damage from the char, going to one, so now he's dead no matter what, and he, Flips up the top of his deck and it's a lightning helix and he wins. And, and the it was, crowd goes Oh dude, the crowd went wild. nuts. Randy Bueller went nuts. If you haven't watched the video, watch it. It's, it's freaking awesome. And, and this, I'm sure most of you are like, who's Craig Jones? It doesn't matter. He's the professor and he plays red and he's freaking cool. <laughs> <laughs> and I'm going to go back just for one second to what I was complaining about before, which is the negativity. And people were like, Char, eh. And I'm like, it's a good card. And then you go to that one long post that was in response to this article before, and where the guy was enumerating all these. He's like, actually, you know, this one's not too bad. The card is still unplayable. It was part of Magic's history. Which I love how people just make these comments, just like, (laughs) oh, I'm an authority. This card's unplayable. Uh, Tarmogoy's unplayable. You know, because. Just be and just accept you to uh, expect you to accept it as the gospel truth. This is overcosted. This is undercosted. Whatever. So I, at that point, I, I almost stopped reading, and I'm like, let's just finish this. Not not the article, but this guy's post. So and because if you're gonna hate him, you want to hate him for the full reasons, not just some of them. And and I don't, you know, I'm I'm using this guy as an example. He was not the only one, and he was not the only one to have this opinion. But let's face it, when you put your opinion out there, just like I'm doing right now, you expect to be criticized for it. You expect to be complimented. You expect people to agree with you and disagree with you. So if he's out there, if by chance he's a listener, you know, hey, thanks for listening. But and, and I don't take, 
<laughs> I, I think he's probably an okay guy or girl, but uh, but he knew. I'm certain when he or she was writing his post, he knew exactly that this was going to get responses from people, and probably was even hoping for that. So yeah. So I don't know. anyway, some some people are so dense that they don't know or expect that when they write stuff on the internet. Yeah. Oh well. Yeah, this, this, this goes with the theme that's been running through Brian's commentary about the responses that, you know, the internet can be a wonderful, you know, venue of learning and information and happy fun times and everything. Sure. But it is also one of the most miserable swamps full of idiots and malcontents and barnyard animals that you will ever find <laughs> on the face of the planet. Mike, you have such a good way with words. You really do. I agree. <laughs> Thank you. Don't, but so in, so just anyway. don't go to YouTube comments. They actually are the the worst place on the internet. That stuff will rot your brain. <laughs> I learned that from Mike, and then I learned he was right. <laughs> That's why I watch YouTube on the Xbox, where I can't even see the comments. <laughs> so anyway, I don't want to I don't want to give too much more attention to that because that's actually getting yeah. away from the cards itself. I just don't have that much more to say about Char because Char is awesome. It's freaking and, Char, yeah. And. It's actually pretty straightforward in its application, so. Do lots of damage, ha! Take some damage, do some damage. Sounds good. If you've got a Boros deck with, um, the, the dude from Keljor, you know, then there is no downside. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So what's next? It looks like Vincer. I didn't realize that they printed Planeswalkers back in 07. We're, we're. You're so. I didn't realize Vincer was a. A creature card other than a planeswalker. Oh, remember Vincer? Nope. I don't know that any of us really played with him. I don't know that there's any copies actually floating around our our. I don't places. know if I ever had one. I know I did. So Corey well, might have had, but oh well. So Vincer Shaper Savant is a uh, legendary human wizard. He costs two and two blue, and he's a two-two, and he has flash, and that's awesome. And when he enters the battlefield. Return target spell or permanent to its owner's hand. So, it, uh, he's either a bounce dude, so he's a man of war, or, uh, what's the, what's the current one called, damn it? Ether Adept. Ether Adept, yeah, there you go. With Flash. Or, he's, a uh, like Remand. a- Remand? Yeah. Remand. It with doesn't draw your card, but, eh. Yeah, it doesn't draw your card, but you get a guy. So, you, you know, whatever. You get a, you get a 2-2 guy. That you can then bounce. You can create all sorts of soft locks with this guy, or hard-ish locks, whatever's your style, baby. So this guy sees a ton of play in EDH, in in cube, in competitive. I'm fairly certain in competitive formats as well. At least he was. Mm-hmm. Yeah, he he definitely deserves to be in this list. Oh, no question. And there's the fact that again. Uh, he represents a character in Magic's history, so I'm glad there's a cup. Is he the only legend in here? He's the first one. No, Inkai's is a legend. Oh, that's right. So, but there's not a ton of them. So, yeah, yeah. But yeah, Vincer. I mean, bouncing a spell. So he's he's basically counter magic, mm-hmm. or he's tempo, and he's he was crazy. Yeah, he's, he's, he's a he's, he's a snapcaster man. <laughs> Except you don't have to have the card in your graveyard. <laughs> he's always good. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so I I got nothing else to say about that really. Yeah, neither do I. That's it. Next one. Yeah, the next one is uh. 
And now we're getting into really recent, for us, stuff. We're talking about still the last five years, but how long have we been doing this show? Uh, it'll be <laughs> six years in November. So there you go. Yeah. So yeah, this is the first one that actually we talked about on the show when it was new. Yep. Wow. <laughs> Jesus. So what is it, somebody? Chameleon I, Colossus. I'm sorry, I almost said, that's my client, because I got a call today that I get appointed to a man named Jesus. And the lady <laughs> pronounced it Jesus when she was telling me, and I was like, um... So, <laughs> I'm sorry. Go ahead. Dark, it's green, so... Chameleon Colossus. Um, this one's uh, changeling ability. This was an interesting little thought to, to throw in. It has all uh, creature types. And it has protection from black, and it gets plus X, plus X, and on the turn where X is its power by paying two and two green. Yeah. That, ad- first of all, that ability adds up really fast. There was a, um, a Grand Prix, or I think it was a, a pro tour where Mark Rosewater and some other R&D people showed up, and each one of them had a deck built around a Morning Tide card. And the funny thing was, was, Morningtide wasn't out for a couple months, so this was their way of showcasing some of these new cards. Was this, uh... This was Rosewater's card. Was this, uh... Was it like Gen Con or something? Was it a convention? I thought it was a pro tour. I thought it was a pro tour. Because I don't really know of a time when, like, R&D members would be spell-slinging at something like that. Well, pro tours used to have... Used to be more open to the public. Well, that's true. Pro tours were open to the public. Now they're not. Hmm. So, the... So Mark Rosewater sits down with his deck that's meant to use Chameleon Colossus, and he, I think he said at some point the the biggest it got was like 128, 128 or something ridiculous. And he won that game, <laughs> which, you know, <laughs> surprise, I've got a card you've never heard of. And it turns out, like, the others were okay cards. That card, and then there was Chameleon Colossus. If you've never been on the receiving end of a Chameleon Colossus, you know that you're going to be playing black when they play it, and you're just going to look at it and go, because your black spells can't kill it, other than, like, Chainer's Edict. And if you're playing red, there's no way you're ever burning this thing. It just doesn't (laughs) happen. It just doesn't happen. So, yeah, I, I don't really know what else to say about it, except I just wanted to share that story because I remembered it. That's a good reason. This is another one of those where it's weird that there's no like card from a fairy deck in here because fairies were the thing. I will say that it's definitely the case. Well, not Bitter Blossom doesn't do much against Chameleon Colossus. <laughs> <laughs> Zing! <laughs> but I think the thing is that fairies have been making reappearances here and there. Whereas Changeling has not. Yeah, there are a bunch of that, fairies in Modern Masters. That is a very good point, Dirk. Thank you very much. I think that, that is an excellent point. I like it. Yeah. And it's big and scary. And, and yeah. Yeah. The the pro black. Uh, I think Schofield said this on Monday Night Magic. The pro black is what made it viable. If it was oh, yeah. just a big dude who could double its power, toughness, meh. I mean, yeah. that would still be like, oh, look, that's scary. But the pro black, you're just like, oh, like, oh, I'll kill it with, uh, well, I'll kill it with, uh, damn it. Uh, and then <laughs> it, it came right before Shadowmoor, which was, hey, play all these multiplayer, multi spell, multi color spells and creatures that you can also play for monocolored, which may mean you end up end up accidentally screwing yourself. <laughs> <laughs> like, 
look, I've got a mono red deck that plays Ashen Moor Gouger. Oh. Like, I'll block it with my deity of, oh, wait, what's he called? Deity of... Scars. Yeah, I'll block it with my deity. No, can't do that. Well, I'll block it with my, what's the red guy that comes back? Demi got revenge. Yeah, my Demi got a no, damn it, I won't do that either. <laughs> oh, well. It is really good, though, so naysayers, yeah. be quiet. Now, from here out, I think they're all pretty ridiculous spells, so... They're freaking... Yeah. So, O9 is is one of my favorites. Well, tell us about it, then. Oh, okay. So, O9 is Cruel Ultimatum, which is a sorcery that costs blue-blue, red-red, black-black-black, because the ultimatums all had that, uh, that format in its casting cost. So, this was the Grixis one, so black (laughs) is the central color, so it's got three black, and then two of the other two, so blue and red, so... And Cruel Ultimatum is, well, it's unfair. Let's just put it that way. There's no way around it. Target opponent sacrifices a creature, discards three cards, then loses five life. You return a creature card from your graveyard to your hand, draw three cards, and gain five life. This is not fair. (laughs) It's not impossible to come back from Cruel Ultimatum, but it's excessively difficult. It is somewhat blah. You just, I remember reading that card. And I really thought that somebody had photoshopped it together. <laughs> because I'm like, you look at the other ultimatums, and the other ultimatums are pretty silly. The Bant one is, eh. The Titanic one ends games. The Brilliant one is like, oh, look, it's fact or fiction, but you play the spell. So these are all pretty good. But then you get to Cruel Ultimatum, and it's like, you lose. You just, uh, the, 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 you just, you just lose. Yeah, shut up. Roll over and die, for God's sake. And... Like, from a flavor perspective, the great thing is that, uh, this was, the, the original art had a hint of Nicol Bolas before they officially revealed him. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Which was great, because all of the other ultimatums, you can see the person casting it. Yeah, you can see a planeswalker doing it. Yeah, like, oh, look, there's a Johnny in the background, how mm-hmm. cute, you know. And this uh-huh. one, there was a shed, like, there was this great big red demon thing with its, looks like it had just gotten the crap kicked out of it up against the wall. Yeah, it was it was scrunched up against the wall. One of its wings was broken, and it was holding up one of its arms, trying to shield itself from whatever was coming at it. Yeah, and you just saw this big creepy shadow spreading over it. Yeah, and the flavor text, which thank God they didn't change. There is always a greater power. And then the next set, they revealed like, oh look, it was Nicol Bolas. Oh my God. <laughs> yeah, which before Nicol Bolas was everywhere, and you know that they do that a little bit, like with Phyrexians and stuff. Oh look, it's the bad guys, so it's them. Nickel Bull is coming back, at least at the time, was really, really cool because he hadn't seen him in a long time. And, um, hey, look, shout out and all that sort of stuff. It was really nifty. Yeah. It was not kind of played out yet. Yeah. So, but it's it's amazing. And, again, there's a video from a tournament with uh, Gab Nassif uh, and uh, I forget which Orsini Jones because there's two of them. And I feel bad for that now. But, uh, like, he was dead on board, and he pulled the top card off of his library and sat it down, didn't look at it, and started arranging his mana, just <laughs> slow-rolling everyone. And he goes, this is cruel to made a mana. And everyone's like, oh, that's pretty funny. He knows what he needs, and he flipped it up, and it was a cruel ultimatum, and everybody lost their minds again. And that got him into the finals, and... I, don't remember if he won or not because I don't pay attention to that sort of thing. But it got him into the finals uh, with an amazing called shot. So he Babe Ruthed it. So it's awesome. Yeah. Yay. 
gosh. Then we got the next one. Yeah, I knew the name. What was gosh? Um, I was I was looking at his deck list, and I'm remembering the first time I saw it, his his five color control deck list, and having Broodmate Dragon as the big threat. That just blew my mind when I first saw it. I was like, wow, that's a really good idea. Yeah. That was before Jund was actually a thing. Yeah. Why not? Yeah. If if you're gonna play a threat, why not? If you're gonna play a threat on the big end, choose one that oftentimes takes two whole cards to, to finish killing. <laughs> yeah. What's also really funny is this is a 61-card deck. Yeah. <laughs> That's weird. Oh, well. I wonder what the 61st card is. Let's say Terror. Let's say Terror, yeah. <laughs> Whoops, I need a Pithing Needle. Uh, Just throw it in there, it's fine. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, and then there's the next one. That's okay, he's got 27 lands, he's cool. Yeah, it's cool, yeah. <laughs> Good lord. <laughs> uh, we need to mention the next one. We have to. It's well, we already my- have. We no, escape the mind sculpture. The only thing I'm going to point out again about the reaction is just it seems to be divided between this set is Jace and Jank, and they're like, and some people are like, why is this here? Because without Jace, it would be like twenty dollars, and I'm like, no, no. And then other people are like, why isn't everything else at Jace's level? And I'm like, what is wrong with you people? No, there, there's no, there's no satisfying some people, and that's all I'll say. Jace's level. <laughs> And when they did, they were on the same block. <laughs> or as a block. Well, I think you could you could put other cards in that are at his price level, like, you know, Tabernacle. Um, <laughs> and then make nobody happy. Lion's Eye Diamond. <laughs> yeah. So, it's Jace the Mind Sculptor. It's one of the best cards in Magic history. I owned two at one point, and then... I traded them away because I didn't think he was going to be rotating out of standard. I didn't think he was getting played in Legacy. He's getting played in Legacy. Um, so, but I think I like traded each one for a box of New Phyrexia. So I, I was like, hey, look, I can trade one card for a whole box. Wee! I wasn't dumb. I was just, uh, I thought I was being smart. That was That was a good trade. That was not a bad trade. I got a lot of good stuff out of those boxes, don't get me wrong. One of those boxes was ridiculous. But sometimes I lie awake at night and I miss my JC Poo. <laughs> I think if you had kept the box sealed, it might actually be worth slightly more than Jace at this point, but whatever. Mm. So anyway, it's Jace. That's Jace. Yay. Okay. Next. Next. I'm so glad we didn't spend a week on him. Thank yep. you, man. Other people have. Other people have. I I will say really quickly, I am glad that they had the gumption to put him in there. Because yeah. I could see them going, we could do that, but what else was in World Wake that's safe <laughs> to reprint? Stoneforge Mystic. Uh, uh, <laughs> next. Uh, no, wait. Yeah, okay, never mind. Next. It's next. It is a Cena. The green sun zenith. It's the green sun zenith. It's so the green this one, sun zenith. <clears throat> so for this one, search your library for a green creature card with converted cost X or less. Put it onto the battlefield, then shuffle your library. Green sun zenith. Uh, shuffle it into its owner's library. And it has a cost of green and X. Yeah, this is... So it's like a green tutor for creatures. Except it goes right onto the battlefield. Mm-hmm. mm-hmm. And some of you out there have already gotten the chance to play this in 
duels, so you know how good it is. And some of you out there have been playing it for a couple years, because it's pretty good. <laughs> yeah. Just whatever you need right now, as long as you can afford it plus one, you are you got it. You're fine. And then you shuffle the Zenith back in, so you, you might get it again. You know, mm-hmm. hey. Ugh. <laughs> and if you can't afford it plus one, get a Birds or a Mana Elf. Now you can. <laughs> now you can. <laughs> Try again later. <laughs> uh, completely, completely wrong. Yeah. Well, why didn't they use Primeval Titan? Shut up. <laughs> Sometimes you do get a Primeval Titan. Because Primeval Titan was in a core set. That's why. It doesn't follow the rules. <laughs> I think you should have gotten a Primeval Titan. Shut up. <laughs> sorry, sorry. But yeah. Like, it's one of those that, it seems so innocuous to those of us that don't actually play in tournaments, but it's always there. Like, mm-hmm. there's always, like, one or two uh, mm-hmm. back then. If it had green in it, there was always one or two. Just always. Yeah, at least. Yeah. yeah. And it, still, it's, it still gets uh, Dryad Arbors. Turn one, Dryad Arbor. Yeah. <laughs> oh, wow, that's so forest Dryad Arbor. Huh. Yeah, rampant road yeah. for one. That's pretty stupid, actually. Oh my god! You didn't know that? I never thought about it. That's that's not even fair. I am calling shenanigans. That's one of the reasons that Green Sun Zenith has been in modern, isn't it? It probably sure. Let's go with that. I don't know why they ban half the stuff they ban in modern. I still don't know why the jitty is still banned. Well, yeah. for for me, Green Sun Zenith and the jitty fall into that category of pay some trivial amount of mana, do whatever the hell you want. Yeah, okay, I'll give you that. Yeah. <laughs> do this is whatever the hell you want. Yeah. You want to do that? Fine. <laughs> Pay two. You're good. <laughs> oh, well. And then the next one was, or the last one was, it was the scourge of just, all right, I've got this game. Oh, look, I lost. Yeah. Son and of there a were, bitch. There were so many decks. So many different decks. Completely different decks that could use it to great effect. What's the one that's, they list here? That still do. I mean, it's not rotated out of anything yet. That's true. I don't seem to see it as much, but I think it's just because it's it's been there so long that people, oh, it's got a wolf run, of course. Like, they don't even see it anymore because it's not new and terrifying. It's old and terrifying, and who cares? But right. <laughs> what does it tell you? It's Keswick Wolf Run, which, you know, everybody, you tap, add one mana to your mana pool, it's a land, or X green and red. Tap target creature gets plus X plus O and gains trample until end of turn. What does it say about this card that there was a a uh, a deck at a pro tour called Bant Wolf Run? Yeah. I mean, yeah. I mean, it, there was a Wolf Run something, and then later there was a Wolf Run was, Black and Wolf Run Wolf Run Ramp. Ramp. With Primeval Wolf Titan. Was, this, was the first one. Yeah, that was, yeah. That was the that original. Was, that was the version. one that was like, you play Primeval Titan, you get a Wolf Run and an Ink Moth Nexus. Now, no matter what your opponent does, they're screwed. They're screwed. <laughs> and then it kind of evolved into the Black Wolf Run, and then and then there was almost Mono Red Wolf Run. And then, but when you start seeing decks that are actually banned, which is Green, White, Blue Wolf Run, which is... Which means you've got four colors without Primeval Titan. What does that tell you that they're warping their decks to put this card in? And it was worth it. Because every single creature you have now becomes a must-kill threat. Or yeah. trades with Dude, their better if, guy. If or someone whatever. has two creatures and you have one blocker, 
and they have two creatures and they play a wolf run, you just go, <sighs> like, <laughs> yeah. Because it doesn't even matter which one you block. It doesn't matter. Yeah. I don't care which one you block. When when these original five um, lands came out in Innistrad, which were the allied colored uh, utility lands, there was some debate among which one would be best, which one would be played the most. And I think Mike Flores actually tried to make a case for Stencia Bloodhall, which is really good in a very controlling deck, but... I'm not even willing to play Stencia Bloodhall. I'm sorry. And then, you know, Drownyard gets played a lot, especially in control mirror matches, just for the whole angle of attack. Drownyard, think, Drownyard and Wolfrun are really close as far as amount played. <laughs> Township gets played a lot too. Gavany Township, as far as just make all my guys better. Well, that's What's the true, last one? Yeah. Uh, I think in many people's minds, Moreland Haunt was the front runner for a while. There we go. Oh, That's yep. the one, yeah. So you know what? All of these, except for the Blood Hall. Wait, which one's Moreland Haunt? Uh, white, white and a blue, make a, or exile a card from your, uh, a creature card from your graveyard, put a spirit token into play. Oh, right. So basically all of them, except for Stencia Blood Hole, get played a lot. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> jackass. I mean, what? I didn't call Flores a jackass. <laughs> So there you have it. That's from the Vault 20. We spent a little more time on this than I thought we would, but um, yeah. I think it's worth noting. I saw several comments about, oh, my God, uh, this it's going to be too expensive for what you get. Duh, duh, duh. Well, I spoke to Lucky a while ago after Jace was revealed. I went to Lucky, and I said, so, buddy, pal, you know, uh, what's it going <laughs> to take? What's it going to take to um, – pre-order one of these. I don't really have a whole lot of money right now. I just was more curious as to what he was going to put it at. And he said he didn't know yet. And we got talking about it a little bit. And and I said, do you really, do you like these products or do you not like them? And he said, honestly, it feels like once a year, Wizards throws shop owners a bone. They, they do this one thing that's actually for us. So I hear all these comments in the forums uh, not for this site and that site and, and other sites about how the stores are completely greedy and money grubbing. I'm like, a lot of these are small businesses and Wizards just says, here's a product that you can pay fairly minimal for and you can sell it for whatever you want, whatever the yeah. demand is and kind of, here you go, we're helping you out. So, you know, somebody's going to be negative about everything, but I would encourage, if, I would encourage you, if you're feeling that way, to stop and think about it a little bit, because the people that run the stores are people, too. And most of them, newsflash, not getting rich selling magic, even from the vaults, you know? So, just a thought. Yeah, there's, with, with the, what were you about to say, Chewie? I was going to say, what bothers me about this is not that they're so damn expensive, it's that they put this ridiculously low, uh, MSRP. That's the word. Thank you. MSRP on it. Knowing that, no, there's no way unless somebody's either really nice or really dumb. You know, I was, we I, don't want all the money, so we'll just sell it at that. And then, so that means his customers are going to profit. I was, I was just about to start talking about that. Um, the, the part of, the part of the complaints that center on the big gap between the MSRP and, and what it actually costs to buy these things. You have to keep in mind, you have to keep in mind that, uh, game stores and game resellers operate on both the primary and the secondary markets. The primary market usually consists of, um, sealed product. The secondary market 
is mostly uh, singles and high demand or rare uh, other products. So game sellers can operate on either the primary or secondary markets. Wizards only only operates on the primary market. So when they deter, so when they come up with a suggested you know price for something, they use their regular pricing strategy that they would use for booster boxes, event decks, um, tournament packs, uh, deck builders toolkits. They take their costs to manufacture, advertise, distribute, add their uh, add their target um, profit, add a fudge factor for what they think the the reseller's probable um, overhead and markup is, and that's the MSRP. Wizards only operates on the primary market, and they will only price to the primary market because that's the only thing that makes sense. The, the the resellers operate on both the primary and the secondary, and as and as we said before when we talked about this earlier, if you don't put something like this on, if you don't put something like this on your secondary market shelf, you're just throwing money away. Oh yeah, and you said even John at the toy factory was not going to charge MSRP for these. Finally, yeah, because I understand wanting to be the nice guy and do it, but he really is just screwing himself. Yeah. So, yeah. And I understand that, see, this is why it's good to have Mike on here who is like a, a cost analysis guy. So, yeah, this, this price, pricing is, is actually my job every day. Every single day that's pricing. <laughs> every day I'm shuffling and he's pricing. Mm-hmm. And I'm miserable. But, <laughs> so, do keep in mind, and this goes for me too, cause I've, I've bitched about this many times, is that the real world is still a thing. Yeah, <laughs> is essentially what Mike is saying. And yeah. uh, besides, if the there, MSRP, there were, some, there were some wayward um, from the Vault Dragon sets that showed up in WalMarts and Targets and got sold for MSRPs, but that isn't happening anymore. Yeah, but like um, another thing is that if the MSRP was hot, like as high as it should be, then the cost would probably be as high as it should be, would be equal or will be up there with it. The cost to the game stores. Mm-hmm. And they would not make the fat profit. Yeah. So, I'm sure if people were to go back and listen to some of our old episodes where they did the from the vaults, and then listen to us now, you can see that we're growing up, and that's kind of depressing. <laughs> yeah, we've we've gotten old and we've sold out. What? No, we've gotten old and we see how things work like oh, in the yeah, real. Yeah. <laughs> And we've sold out. Yeah. <laughs> but to the young people out there, that sounds a whole lot like selling out, so. True. <laughs> but yeah, like Mike said, Wizards does it this way because that's how they do it, and yeah. But if you are listening to this and you're like, oh, well, okay, then you're probably a reasonable person anyway. But if you're the type of person who is just going to bitch about it, then that wouldn't help, so never mind. Just give it some time. Hopefully, you'll come around eventually. Hopefully. I mean, look at us. We were some hoodlums when back in the day. Yeah. <laughs> I still feel embarrassed about some of the things I said about the M10 rules change. Really? Yeah. I remember what we said about the M10 rules change. Well, I, I remember, too, he was really upset about mana burn. About, um, I was very, very critical about the blocking order thing and, and removing the priority in between damage assignment and damage dealing. Oh, you mean the damage no longer goes on the stack? 
Well, no, I think I was most critical about the blocking order thing instead of just splitting up however you want. Yeah, I, I still forget that's that that's how you do it. But now I understand why that's necessary. Because it still doesn't. It, it actually still doesn't come up all that often, at least with us. Yeah. But, or at least not to the point where it's really, really critical. Like, I'm still a little confused whenever anyone says, you're going to order these? And I'm like, what? Oh, right, right. <laughs> Especially if, like, nothing. I'll just kill that one. You want to order these? Oh, sure, this and then that. Okay, yeah. fine, whatever. That's why I said kill that one. <laughs> yeah, I think one of the clip things that Rob made for us a while back has a clip of me saying something like, give me my combat back. And when I hear that, I'm just like, oh, God. <laughs> <laughs> What a D-bag. What's wrong with that guy? Oh, no, it's Hello. because I used Master Warcraft and stole your combat. Or Brian had out a, what's that thing where you pick a step and don't do it? <laughs> the, um, time, time. Um, no, um, that, oh, that oh, come was, on. The blue guy. The blue guy. <laughs> the wizard lady that we don't like. Oh, son of a whore. Send us an email if you know what the hell we're talking about. <laughs> Crap. You choose either main combat or draw, right? And you don't right. do that. Exactly. I sit Weaver, Twister. Time twist. No, quit. <laughs> Dream Weaver. No. Yeah, you're right. Dream <laughs> I know the. I see it. Weaver of Face Spinner. Face Spinner. Face Spinner. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> Who? Send us an email with the number of times and the volume at which you were yelling at us. The name of that <laughs> <laughs> Man, so is this yet another week where we're not going to do an old versus new? I was just yeah. about to ask yeah. about that. I think so. So is there... Yeah, for, the, for those that want to know, we were going to do an old versus new, but before you, you start you know, thinking, oh, you're not really missing out on it because apparently we were never actually going to do it, so... Yeah, that's true. And we were we were never... We weren't even going to record this week, so shut and up. I talked him into recording. <laughs> Oh, oh, yeah. With a little um, help from Dirk. Since we're not gonna, uh, do anything else, there's, there are a few other little things. The, uh, they've announced the new holiday gift box. That's right. And what's the, um, whereas last year, well, go ahead, go ahead. I'm, okay. I'm it's, ahead it's, uh, November 15th is when it comes out. It's 20 bucks. And you get the four booster packs of Theros, the box that's all nice and storagey. And I even see all kinds of, like, tournament, tournament people with the old holiday box. And this was not a tournament thing. They just wanted the box, you know. Yeah, it's a swag thing now. It is, yeah. Uh, it's got basic lands, the dividers, the little sticker sheets for customizing the dividers, and an alternate art Karametra's Acolyte from Theros. Now, remember last time it was an alternate art Drag, Drag Mangler. Mangler. Yeah. yeah. And people were like, is that going to be a good card? Turns out, and yes. <laughs> it, it hasn't, like, completely taken over or anything because everybody kind of expected uh, black-green zombies to be the thing after Innistrad because all the support cards were already there. Um, and it's still really good. It just didn't completely dominate. But it turns it's out right, that Jund has been the thing ever since. So yes. it's fine. Well, not ever since because there's still, uh, like, Bant Hexproof. But but is Drag Mangler a good card? Yes. Yeah. So, so there, there's reason to believe that Karametra's Acolyte will be a good card. Whatever exactly. a Karametra is or why he or she has Acolytes, I don't know. I'm going to guess she, because it's got the A at the end, and usually in uh, Latin, and I know Latin and Greek are not the same thing, but the A is a more feminine sound. So. Yeah, and that's racist. I mean, sexist. I mean, race sexist. 
Race? Oh, I know that guy. Oh, yeah, Ray Sexes. He's a cool guy. <laughs> well, I don't know. He's got kind of a mouth. <laughs> so, yeah, there's there's that, the the holiday box thing. There's, uh, so the World Cup happened, in case anyone cares. Yep. Uh, Shahar Shinhar won, so he's a cool guy. Reed Duke almost won. Reed Duke almost won. He's been doing really well for himself lately. Didn't he win an Open Series or something? Uh, I think he won a couple Grand Prix. Something like that, yeah. Okay. One of those things. It's not a pro tour, but... Yeah. Go ahead. But I finally got to actually meet and and do three questions with Reed Duke in Vegas, and he's like a really nice guy. Okay. Like, I don't think he had any idea who it was. He said, sure, let's go. Do it. All right. It's awesome. He's just a really good guy. And got, uh, Go ahead. Oh, go ahead. He got his start on Magic Online, right? Like, that's that's where he... Okay. Or did he? I have no idea. Yeah, as um, uh, Rita Rabbit is his handle. Oh, okay. I did not know that. Be damned. And uh, Shahar Shinhar, I met him in Pittsburgh for the first time, and he's also a really nice guy. And it just jumped right in and did three questions, so... I thought it was kind of funny that Shahar's um, standard and modern decks were the same deck. <laughs> Wait, were they? Were they? Now yeah, uh, red, red, white, blue, flash, control. Red, white, blue, flash, and then here he's playing I'll Be Damned. <laughs> <laughs> play what you know. Play it well. Yeah, there you go. That's Apparently play it well enough to win. Mm-hmm. The whole freaking thing. Yeah, uh, so if you're the type of person who enjoys like the high-level magic... Uh, Schofield said you have to watch the finals because it's amazing. And hopefully when we get done here, I'm going to go out to the living room, I'm going to boot up YouTube on the Xbox, and I'm going to watch these finals while I post shows to the network because it's, uh, from, from all accounts, it was an amazing series of five games. So if you're into that sort of thing, I highly recommend you go watch it. I don't always do that, um, sort of thing, but I do do, and I do enjoy watching it. From time to time, I more prefer to watch it when it's like live. But yeah. if, if I know that it's a good set of games, and also uh, France won the World Cup, which is about time. I mean, France used to be like one of the big yeah. names in uh, Magic, and over the last several years, they've just sort of. <laughs> but then, uh, with uh, Ref Levy leading them this year, they won. So that's cool. Good. Yeah. With uh, Hungary. Coming in second, and the Czech Republic making the top four, and Iceland. What? 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 <laughs> what? I'm sorry, what? <laughs> Once, at, every now and then, um, you'll see strong finishes from Iceland. It's, and the Czech Republic, too. Oh, yeah, Czech Republic has all kinds of power players. Actually, mm-hmm. Czech Republic had two guys in the, the, the worlds, uh, the world championships. Yeah. Uh, Stanislav Sivka and the other uh, guy who I forgot. I just need to scroll back. Um, oh, that's right, Sivka. Uh, Martin Juza, oh, duh, Martin Juza, of course, is also from the Czech Republic, so, hmm. So, yeah. What else was news? Hang on. I've got the Monday Night Magic show notes open here. <laughs> oh, and the Hall of, the freaking Hall of Fame was announced, duh. Oh, yeah. Another thing that we ordinarily don't talk about, but, uh, three players got in, Ben Stark, who, mm-hmm. I, I met him in Vegas finally, and LSV actually introduced him as future Hall of Famer Ben Stark, and he was like, will you shut up? And I thought that was pretty funny. And look, Hall of Famer, uh, William Jensen, who I met in Charlotte and had no idea who he was until he said his name, and then I lost my mind. Yeah, that's that's good for him. I'm, I'm glad. Yeah, he's been around for freaking ever. Yeah, he's he's one of those players where because he was so awesome such a long time ago, he just kind of got 
forgotten by most of the voters for a long time. Yeah. But he's like, I mean, he's been at every big event I've been to lately. Mm-hmm. So he's still playing hard and kicking ass. So yeah. And of course, LSV made it in because duh. Good for him. Yeah. Yeah, it would be kind of rude for them to have a, a, a Hall of Fame without him. And it was for the whole entirety of the Hall of Fame. But he, uh, like this is the first year he was eligible, right? I'm pretty sure. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Which is the only reason he wasn't in yet. So yeah. Right. So that's that's awesome that uh, those two guys are in the Hall of Fame now, all well deserved, and other words of things that are nice. Oh. <laughs> oh, and Should that's be being all civil. Look at me being all civil. Well, I mean, there's nothing uncivil to be. Uh, I've met those three guys. Like LSV, when he sees me now at a, at a tournament, he goes. Oh, hey, Chewie, and he'll, yeah, he's doing the three questions. He talked to Ben Stark into doing it, because Ben Stark just walked up right in the middle of it, and he jumped in on it. <laughs> so, so yeah, he, he's a really nice guy, and, and he actually did the, the coverage, or was in the coverage booth for, uh, the World Championships, and apparently that made it much more awesomer. I didn't, I didn't watch any of it at the time, so, mm-hmm. I can't comment yet, but. Yeah, I, I hear he's really good. So, yes. That looks like all of the things that have happened recently. I don't know if anything happened, and because we didn't record last week. Hmm. I think that's probably it. Well, I'm gonna check real quick because I'm <clears throat> check real quick. Hey, there you go. <laughs> computer was like, no. Bill, <laughs> shut the hell up and do as you're told, computer. Or as um, Bill would say, he's stupid robot. Uh, let's see, Heroes Path, FNM promos, blah blah blah. The 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 panel from uh, the San Diego Comic Con, the Magic panel, the video is actually up now. If anyone missed that, do 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 yeah, that's pretty much it. Oh, they revealed the event deck for M14 that we never talked about, which looked really good. For, I mean, chat control V, the the event deck. Frame 14 is uh, a red green. It's called a Rush of the Wild, and it and looks. It, it doesn't good. have Tarmogoyf. And somebody said, "Oh look, a green event that doesn't have Tarmogoyf." I didn't know they did that. Um, I think you mean Thrag Tusk. Yeah, you mean Thrag Tusk. Yeah, I meant Thrag Tusk. And they something that um, somebody pointed out on Monday Night Magic: none of these cards, all of these cards, are from M14 or Ravnica Block. So none of them rotate out in a couple months. That's oh, cool. good. That they is finally, a nice touch. They finally got their act together in that respect. So, but the uh, the rares, it's got a Stomping Ground, a Deadbridge Goliath, uh, an Ogre Battle Driver, who's really cool, a Pyrewild Shaman, a Rubble Belt Raiders, a Wild Beastmaster, a Wrecking Ogre, uh, a clan defiance, which is an interesting thing, a Mizium mortars, and then a savage summoning in the sideboard. Cool. And uh, it actually looks, it actually looks really good. Like it looks like something that even I would might want to buy and just take to an F and M and just get wrecked. I mean, mm-hmm. uh, play. I would get wrecked at an F and M regardless of what I was playing, so it doesn't matter. But, <laughs> but yeah, that's cool. I especially like. That they threw in a wrecking ogre. I just love that guy. I don't know why no one likes him but me, but oh. probably because his blood rush cost a million. That's probably it. But it's hey, plus three it's, plus three and double strike, so it has to cost a million. It's worth it. Yeah. 
<laughs> but anyway, anyway, that's what I got. Loving is what I got. I still remember, remember that. <laughs> yes. Oh well. So I guess we should mark our way, make our way into final thoughts. Mike, did you want to tell a story? Uh, yes, I do. A little story that happened to me recently. A little um, kitchen adventure. Uh, so I, I was. It, it was one of those days where you know I had some leftover pasta, but I didn't have any leftover pasta sauce. So I decided to just do something else that I could um, uh, mix into the pasta and have a nice meal. I remembered that I had, I still had a can of chicken in the cupboard. You know, it's it's like a can of tuna except it had chicken in it. Um, Makes sense. So I decided I'd brown some of that up and uh, mix in some other things and make something to eat with the pasta. So I I put some um, cooking oil in a skillet and heated it up and and got it heating up and started to get some other things ready. And I, you know, this this is an educational story. Um, when I, 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 I got the can and I open it up and it's, it's chicken in water. So I take the can of chicken in water and I proceed to start just, you know, pouring it into the hot pan full of cooking oil. So, so Dirk's laughing. He knows what's, he's, he knows what's about to happen. He's a scientist. Yeah. So, so for those of you, for those of you who don't already know why this is dangerous, um, you never want to pour liquids into a hot pan because uh, the leading edge of the liquid that's touching the pan might start to flash boil, and that's especially that's especially dangerous with water because it has such a low boiling point compared to the any other kind of liquid that you would have in uh, in a hot pan. Um, when I say the leading edge, I mean the part of the liquid that's directly touching the pan. So when that starts to boil, it'll bubble through. And, and start disrupting and sloshing around the liquid that's still sitting on top of it. So, so in my case, I had a hot pan, not just with, uh, and not just boiling, pouring water into it, but also had hot cooking oil in it. So, um, you know, they, it's, it's, it's true that book learning is no substitute for common sense, but it is a very helpful supplement because <laughs> immediately, immediately, <laughs> The moment the water touched the pan, I knew what was happening, why it was happening, how bad I screwed up, and oh shit, run! So I got away. <laughs> I got to a safe distance while while all the horrible violence was happening um, over on the stovetop, and waited until I could rush in real quick and um, turn off the heat and jump back out of the way until things died down completely and. Uh, I had, I had a mess of, um, you know, cold, nasty cooking oil on the top of my stove to clean up later because the flash boiling water had splashed it right out of the pan and onto my stove top. And so yes. Those bastards. <laughs> yeah, so, 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 so that is my hopefully educational story for all you folks out there who don't know all the ins and outs and the physics of, um, cooking. Uh, so try to make sure that it doesn't happen to you. Wow, that was a really yeah. interesting. Story. And how did the pasta taste? Uh, oh, after I got all that sorted out, it was fine. I think I, I think I added a little too much um, something because the chicken tastes a little too salty. I don't know what happened there, but but it was good. I remember seeing a comment that you had. Uh, that was that was another day. Yeah, about some amazing 
nonsense you made just to you threw it all together and put it on pasta and it was awesome. Yeah, to improvise some pasta sauce, I took some um, condensed tomato soup and um, I got some mushrooms from the grocery store to saute and I put those in there and I mixed in like some leftover chili seasoning that I had from I don't know and um, and some and some hot sauce and some honey and a couple other things and that made a pretty good pasta sauce. Yeah, that sounded ridiculous. Like, what sorcery is this? <laughs> Iron Chef Mike. Exactly. Sweet. Well, thank goodness you survived, sir. Yes, I'm very glad I survived. So I could warn everyone out there. So, is that it? Yes, that's my story. Well, how about you, B? Uh, wow, I don't have anything nearly that entertaining to tell. Um... Work has been driving me a little crazy lately. Everybody here knows a little bit about that, so I'm not gonna, I'm, or what that's like, at least, so I'm not gonna go into that. Uh, no, life is good. Um, uh, I'll probably think of something during Dirk's final thoughts and I'll interrupt him, but, um, no, I'm, I'm, I'm good. Um, people need to stop calling me. Today was a day of everybody call Brian and, you know, several clients called and that's fine. They're allowed to do that. It was just one on top of the other. And then one crazy lady who thought I was her attorney, but I'm not, uh, called me. That was, <laughs> that is the best. <laughs> that was an adventure. She's like, you sent me something in the mail. I'm like, ma'am, I did not. So yeah, I, I, for obvious reasons, I can't go into a lot of that sort of stuff. But needless to say, it was kind of nuts. So, yay. Dark, what you got? I honestly have nothing. <laughs> <laughs> so I highly doubt you're going to interrupt me in the middle of mine. I... Oh, wait, I just thought... No. Oh, sorry. <laughs> um, yeah, I've just been out with the kids. Uh, One thing with having two kids and having to... to do one and having to make sure the other one doesn't get into trouble. Well, I will say this one little story. So I took uh, Trevor out to the park, and uh, the lo- one of the local parks, there's actually a whole bunch, but one of them has this three-story uh, metal, like, it's got slides at the different levels and everything. Well, Trevor had climbed up to the third story and decided he didn't want to go down the slide, so he was going to go down this, the little metal uh, bars, that uh, little bar ladder, I guess is the way it is. Well, he fell in between two of the bars and was dangling by his arms. Oh, oh wow. And so I had to run up two flights of stairs, oh. of little playground stairs, in order to get up to him and rescue him and everything. But, yeah, I, I feel like recently he has, by no part of my, uh, no act of my doing, uh, sure. the child has injured himself <laughs> in multiple, multiple times. Nice I legal swear, clarification there for anyone that's yeah, listening. Yeah, there was no, no it was hey, all this hey stuff DSS, like, it's not really Dark's fault. No, but go ahead. I mean, can, like can, a, he went. The whole reason why he didn't want to go down the slide on the third level is because when he went down the first time, I heard banging on the way down, and when he came down, he had two bumps on the side of his head. <laughs> and I swear that he didn't go up there with two bumps. You know what I mean about they look like mosquito bites. Oh. Except he didn't have them when he went up, but he had them when he came down. So I, I assume he probably bumped his head or something on the way down. You think he hit his head on one of those little rivets or something? 
uh, I, I must have or something. It just sounded like it sounded like he was like flip like he was flipping end over end as he was coming was down. The say, it's one of those self-contained yeah. ones. It's like a tube. <laughs> so you really oh, okay. can't see what's going on inside of him. All you hear is boom, 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 and then the baby and then the child slides out the opening. So. <laughs> Ding. And so the like, oh my god, cool. did the child just go end over end though? This and then he comes out and, and he's like <laughs> on the way out. But he climbed up to that third story again. So and then today uh, he he's just running around and he bumped his head. There's there's like the little bridge, but it's the the it's where there's plates of metal, but they're hooked together on the ends so they wobble. Oh, so like, yeah. It's like a, one of those flexing bridges, mm-hmm. and he was going across the bridge, lost his footing, and whacked the other side of his head <laughs> on the the metal, you know, plates on the on the floor uh, at the other end. So the child has has two somewhat visible injuries on both sides of his face. So what you're saying is, your three three with trample successfully survived uh, colliding with something that has two power. <laughs> Nothing that ha- that is like a zero ten, or maybe well, it's got it, one it power. It is dealing yeah. some damage back to. You. Yeah, yeah, uh, uh, one four. They just bounce right off each other. Yeah, exactly. Darn turtles. <laughs> kids oh, are tough man. though. Kid, kid kids oh, yeah. can take a lot. Sam, I, I I looked at her legs the other day, and I'm like, holy cow! There's just a lot of discolorations and. <laughs> Oh yeah, no. Trevor's got that too. <laughs> yeah, I was just like, how? But and I swear, the the child the child must truly be a three three because he's run into signs before, like metal signs, <laughs> bounced right off of them. And just Gone. Go. And I'm gonna guess he ran into him full speed too. Oh yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and he would be like, ah! and then he he would get through with his fit and just keep going after that. And that's what happened today is that he was upset for about a minute. And then he went to going back to playing. Yeah. Well, because you feel obligated to complain, you know, blam, ow. Well, it, okay. Yeah, I don't want him to be like, oh, I don't want to coddle him or anything like that. Is it just like, are you okay? That's the baby. And then he's like, ah. okay, then he goes back. That's the going, little well, kid. Well, at least I asked. <laughs> That's the little kid equivalent of going, ow, oh, son of a bitch. Okay. <laughs> yeah, basically. Like, have you ever stubbed your toe and then hop around the room for a couple minutes just cursing? That's what that is. Yes. <laughs> I oh, damn it. Oh, oh, oh. <laughs> Sometimes I make that sound when I get mana screwed in the draft, too. <laughs> if I'm if I'm playing on Magic Online, I'll do that for a little bit, and then I'm like, okay, I'm, I'm, I'm good. Uh-huh. <laughs> oh, man. But, yeah, that was the, the most recent activities on my end. Now my head hurts. <laughs> well, have, oh, that's oh, that's all three of you. Okay, I don't, I don't think I have anything. Awesome. That's, Good night, everybody. Yeah, you know, have I done? No. Oh, oh, oh! I do want to say I've been watching a, a new show. Well, it's not new, but uh, a show on Netflix called Black Books. Mm-hmm. It's a it's a British comedy, uh, and one of the creators of the show is one of the creators of uh, the IT Crowd. And Netflix was like, because you watch the IT Crowd. Watch this, and I read the description, and it's it's the uh, it's a misanthropic Scottish book uh, bookstore owner who hires this like happy cheery guy accidentally, 
And I was like, oh, that sounds great. And in the very first episode, he's got a, uh, what is it, a, a bullhorn, and he's shooing customers out of his store with a broom. All right, we're closed. Get out. Get out. Get out. Get out. Like, but that's hardly fair. It's not fair at all. Get out. <laughs> I expect better. Expect away as long as you get out. It's my shop. Get out. You're out. Go. <laughs> I was like, I'm going to love this show. <laughs> I've also been watching the uh, the early 2000s remake of He-Man. Those those cartoons. Mm, I think, didn't Cartoon yeah. Network do those? I think Cartoon Network did those, and I don't know who did them or why, but they're freaking amazing. Like, when I was a kid, I always liked He-Man. Like, He-Man was my dude. Like, some kids were into G.I. Joe, some kids were into Thundercats. I was into He-Man. Like, He-Man, cause maybe, maybe it's because I like big strapping men in loincloths. I don't know. But I always loved, uh, He-Man cartoon. Well, I always loved He-Man, but the cartoons I always thought were a little lame. Mm-hmm. You know, cause it's just recycled animation. You know, the same thing every freaking episode. Oh, my God. And sometimes you're like, hey, look, it's a character. I've I've got his toy. Oh, my God. And that was cool. But for the most part, it's the same things over and over. And Orko's dumb, and you want to punch him. And I don't know. And he transport. I have the power. Blah, blah, blah. And then this new one came out. And I was, like, in college when this thing came out. And I caught a couple episodes of it. And I was blown away because it was He-Man the way He-Man was in my ma- imagination. Jumping around and with swords and kicking the crap out of people and rah and yes and he actually hits people with things and I'm like yes <laughs> and like all of the the characters are are like heavily featured you know the mm-hmm. like the masters of the universe are the good guys you know and like Man at Arms and Tila and Mechanic and Stratos and Ram Man they're always there and that's freaking sweet. <laughs> Wasn't there also a new comic book series that was released about the same time? Yes, and I have most of those over here. I actually pulled them out of one of my long boxes, and they're in a pile somewhere. Because there were so many different series, mm-hmm. and they're just all in my comic boxes. So I pulled them out and was going to go through them and organize them and, then, and read them, and then I sort of forgot. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, by the way, um, Thomas told me to tell you that if you ever get the itch to sell any more comics, talk to him. Oh, well, I'm gonna have to see. I have the same phone number. I'm gonna text him. But, <laughs> yeah. But uh, yeah. So that's on Netflix. And if anyone has mm. has the option, you should totally go watch it. Like the entire third season is all about the Snake Men. And so like there's there's the good guys. That's He-Man. There's the, the the bad guys. That's Skeletor and his crew. But they're like the goofy everyday bad guys. And then like in the original comics, there was Hordak. He was the bad bad guys. Like Skeletor's old boss. You know. Mm. And then there was the Snake Men, who were, like, the ultimate evil that caused the good guys and the bad guys to join together. And, like, most of the third season of this show is Snake Men, and I just, I'm working my way through it, because I can't wait. Oh, my God, I can't wait. This is awesome. <laughs> <laughs> so, yay. And now I'm all excited, and now I want to go watch He-Man instead of uh, the finals. <laughs> <laughs> You're welcome. <laughs> but anyway, anyway, so I guess I'll just end on that, but... uh Oh, and Scott bought Injustice. He called me, or he sent me a text one day. He's like, hey, Injustice is cheaper at Ed McKay's than it used to be. And I was like, yeah, bring it home. (laughs) So I've been playing Injustice, and it's really cool. It's really cool. It's a DC Comics fighting game, for those that don't know. It's done by the people that did Mortal Kombat. So the last Mortal Kombat game, really good. And this DC game is also really good. (laughs) Okay, now I'm done. Yay. So, we'll call it there. So, this has been, what was it, 288? 89. 289. Holy crap. 2, 2, N plus (laughs) 5.
Now I gotta go look. Was it 289? 289, that's correct. Okay, good. Sorry, my bad. So 289 of the Manipool. As always, you can find us, uh, on themanipool.com. You can send us an email, dorks at themanipool.com. You can Twitter, that's mostly me, at themanipool. Facebook, we got a Facebook group, which we really need to start doing something with. We've got, uh, I guess there's a Google Plus page, but let's kind of ignore that. Thank you again to Tony Mendolia for most weeks, uh, plussing the link or whatever it is that you do on Google Plus. I don't even know. But I get an email and I'm like, Tony Mendolia, look what he did. And I'm like, thank you! And yeah, that's it. Okay, so, cardshark.com, don't forget that. I've got articles, I'm, I'm, I was editing one right when we started actually. I'm putting it up in just a minute. So it's been up for a while now by the time you hear this. So yay, write me an article. If you want to write about magic, send it to submissions at cardshark.com, please. Cause we need more content, for God's sake. Tumblr is, is, Tumblr and WordPress are such a bitch. Any old Yahoo can have a website <laughs> like us. <laughs> but anyway, so that's it. So thank you all very much for listening, and uh, go play some magic.